Dr. Octagon, please come to the office. Come now. Oh, fuck. Patient just died in room 105. Sorosis of the eye. Nurse, come in, please. Where are you? Fuck it, he's dead. Oh, shit. There's a horse in the hospital. Dr. Octagon, paramedic fetus of the East with priests from the church of the operating room with the strikes of force, scalpel since the Holocaust. I do indeed and greed, explore, meet the patients, back the rooms with the nurse with the voodoo curse. Holding up office lights, standing at huge heights. Yo, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Demo Listen. I'm Gray. I'm joined as always by my co-host Nathan. We do a very simple podcast in which we listen to punk, hardcore, and punk and hardcore adjacent music that people send in to us. The format is as follows. We get 10 bands in the queue every week. We roll some dice. We usually get through between five and seven of them, and we give our honest reaction to them. It's typically our first time hearing that particular release, um, and everything is submitted by listeners of the show, sometimes band members, sometimes not. We really like punk and hardcore, so we talk about it, and that's really all there is to it. Um, do you have anything that you uh, wish to address this week? Um, I mean, nothing in particular. Um, nothing really has come up. Mm-hmm. My glasses are hurting my head, and so um, you might hear me sort of like grumble a little bit about that. Okay. Um, it's it's genuinely painful. Um, yeah, that sucks. My glasses are wire rim serial killer glasses. They're the cheapest glasses that I could find a couple years ago because my expensive ones kept breaking. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are too small for my head, and so my head, the fat on my head, flops down over them yeah um kind of like a, a sharpay's folds over uh the glasses right and the stems of the glasses are like rusty and pitted and corroded yeah um and uh it's they they are they are causing me pain right now yeah it's not good so that kind of sucks yeah um, that does suck you know anything come up on your end um, no, not really. Uh, it's, uh, it's Father's Day. So, you know, shout out to all the punk rock dads out there. Yeah, it is Father's Day. My dad, uh, who I was convinced this time last year was going to be dead. Mm-hmm. Um, as I watched him writhe like, uh, like a, like a shriveled E.T. Mm-hmm. Um, in and out of lucidity in bed for a week and yeah. figured, well, fuck, I guess I better start making arrangements. Right. Uh, he's doing just dandy. He, in fact, he climbed a flight of 14 stairs all by himself like a big boy. Well, good for him. That's good to hear. That's right. Uh, That's right. So, yeah, shout out to our punk rock dads out there. My dad's um, definitely not a punk rock dad. No, he's not a punk rock dad. My, my dad is um, a, a slaughterer of Vietnamese people. <laughs> And, um, well, former slaughter, right. he, yeah, he hasn't former. done, he hasn't done that for most of his life, but there was a brief period where that's what he did. Right. Um, and, uh, a smoker of lots and lots and lots of fucking marijuana. Yeah. There you go. And a breaker of hips as, uh, as of last year. Word. Um, but he's, uh, he's not punk rock, but, mm-hmm. um, he's doing all right. That's good to hear. Um, I uh, I will bring this up that I just saw a few moments before I started recording. There is a label. The name escapes me now. I'll have to look it up. Um, but there is a label that's doing a run of the first Integrity record, Those Who Fear Tomorrow, on 8-track. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, I thought, man, that's that's about one of the most gimmicky releases I've, I've seen in a while. So 
Um, let me see, because there was a label that did an eight-track compilation of OC's records mm-hmm. um, last year that sold for like $400. Yeah. Like that's what they were selling it for. Right. And each one was like handmade. It was a little boutique label. Each one was like handmade because, you know, I you probably can't even find eight tracks anymore like yeah. the actual thing so they they took apart old eight tracks mm. and then um basically you know refurbished them to uh you know eight track oc's recordings yeah um so i wonder if it's the same label um maybe uh i don't know there but i i know that the this particular release is only 15 bucks for the eight track so it's uh it's a much better deal than a four hundred dollar box set. Yeah, it was that was really expensive. Um, I mean, you know, wh- the only reason you would buy that is you're an idiot, sure, or you're gonna flip it, right? Right. You're yeah, gonna yeah. you're gonna sit on it and it, you know for a couple weeks until they're all gone and they're super hot and then spe- sell it for like twenty percent markup. Right. Yeah. For sure. Um, I I truly can't imagine investing in something like that. It seems profoundly absurd to me but you know what do i know you know it would be kind of cool if eight tracks came back though would it yeah they're kind of dope have you ever had one yeah i have i had a i had an old stereo when i was younger that had eight tracks and i had black sabbath um live at last Mm -hmm. on eight track and a few other things like you know fucking like you know Fleetwood Mac and Jethro Tull and shit like that and you plugged them in like and I think I liked them when I was little because you plugged it in like an Atari cartridge right yeah and it fucking did its thing and it's there here's why they're cool they're cool kind of for the same reason that records are cool um they are cumbersome yeah and um you know slightly annoying but they also they also take up enough space in your room that in, 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 you know, wherever you have them stored that like they are a focal point of attention. That's true. They're just, uh, they're a bitch and a half to store because they are so massive. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, they're not as massive as an LP. Well, no, but you can store more LPs like in a single space because they take up very little space width wise you know what i mean like yeah yeah so it's kind of like your old like nintendo game collection right right sure Um, which i I do have one of those so yeah so it's it's kind of like that um but i don't know man they are kind of cool they are kind of cool but i think they're so just insanely inconvenient that i can't see myself really getting getting into them i know our friend matt in Toledo, he uh, he's got a, a van that has an eight track player yeah, in it. Yeah, and that's kind of cool. I fuck yeah. with that. Like if you could cruise around in an old '70s style van listening to Black Sabbath on eight track, I, I vibe with that. Um, but I think it has they have very limited application for me. Like I wouldn't want to just keep a massive eight track collection. I guess maybe if I, you know what I, I I guess I'm speaking as a person who at this moment in time has very little space to store stuff. I guess if I had a home in which I had a, a room that was entirely dedicated to just dead formats and physical media, uh, I probably would collect the shit out of eight tracks just because they're cheap. 
by and large. And, and they're cool. And they're cool looking. So, yeah, if I had the space for it, sure. But as far as it bringing it back as like a viable format in which like new bands press them up regularly, I don't I don't think I'm I don't think I'm going to ride for that. I think that I think that here's the thing. If you if you have a home with space, you fill it up with bullshit. Right. Right. If you have kids, you fill it up with their stupid fucking bullshit. Right. Yeah. If you don't, you fill it up with your stupid bullshit. Right. Um, it, it's inevitable, right? As soon as soon as like you land uh, somewhere and start to like, you know, just sort of root in mm-hmm. uh, to wherever you're going to be, you start to accumulate, you know, you start to accumulate uh, detritus. Right. And some of it's useful. The, the important thing is to keep it useful, right? You don't. You just don't. Oh, here's so here's three of those those eight track collections. Mm-hmm. Uh, three of them are for sale on Discogs for se- oh, the cheapest one is $700. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I think only like 40 were made or some shit like that, but anyway, a oh, hundred yeah. were made. Um, but, uh, so you end up with, you end up with detritus and you could end up with stupid shit like, um, a bunch of shoes. Right. Right. That you're like, you're afraid to get dirty or even fucking wear. Sure. Right. What's the point of even having them? Right. right. Yeah. Shoes are made to be worn. Shoes are made to be worn. Records are made to be played, right? You could end up with, I don't know, a bunch of fucking toys that right. you, you you can't even take out of your fucking box, right? Sure. So what the fuck you have it for? Are you going to fucking look at it? Who gives right. a shit, right? <laughs> yeah. Or you could have some fucking like cool fucking eight tracks and cool ass fucking records that you listen to. And when you hold an eight track in your hand, it's... uh it's it's a solid hunk of plastic man yeah there's some heft to it it's not uh it's not as uh it doesn't feel as uh as sort of like temporary as like a four track cassette right that's true so i don't know i think they're kind of cool but you know what who gives a shit fuck it right (laughs) yeah indeed (laughs) nothing i mean when you get down to it nothing's fucking cool right when you get right down to the fucking the base of it everything sucks yeah, sure. With a with a if you spend enough time in in really considering it and dismantling it uh, and understanding the context in which it exists in our society at large, most things are goofy and corny and stupid. Yeah. Um, but I I did I did make this bold truth claim the other day and say that obviously, extremely relatively speaking, I am going to go out on a limb and just say that some things are in fact cooler than other things because there are people that will have you believe that everything is equally lame and i'm not quite sure i subscribe to that you know what i mean i'm not quite sure i subscribe to juggalo culture is the same as hardcore culture and under under a close enough examination um under a similarly analytical lens they're both deeply corny uh with a lot of very very stupid in-group trends and taboos and mores and shit but I'm still going to go out on a limb here and say some things simply are cooler than other things. Well, that's for sure. I mean, juggalo, I mean, juggalo culture is almost like uncool in spite of itself. Right. Yes. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, you try so fucking hard, but you're not. Yeah. And then you revel in it. Right. Sure. You revel in the obnoxiousness of it. Yeah. Which makes it cool, but also even worse. Yeah, for sure. It's it's cool in that it's like genuinely outsider shit. Right. You know what I mean? Like you got to be a genuine outsider weirdo to be into it. 
Yeah, but uh, that also like it's the same kind of like outsider weirdo shit as like car fucking. Right. That's <laughs> yes. cool and funny to watch, right? Right, yeah, yeah. When dudes <laughs> fuck cars. And sure. if you if you don't know, now you know it does happen. Yeah, it does. Um it's cool and funny to watch, but it's cool only because it's like funny. Like you right. don't, you don't want to hang out with a car fucker. <laughs> no, no, no. Right. No, you certainly don't. Nor do you want to like investigate car fucking. No, not really. Right. I don't know. Actually, I do kind of want it. I mean, I don't want to investigate it in, in the sense that I don't want to dip my toes in it. You know what I mean? But I want to investigate it as an observer because well, that's what I'm saying. It's cool and funny to watch. Right. Yeah. In, in no way do I want to actually know what makes him tick. And in no way do I want to like lend any amount of like um, legitimacy. Right. Sure. To one who fucks cars. Right. Right. Like you, you are you are clearly, clearly pathological. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right? I mean, it, 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 we, we just have to admit it, right? Yeah. You fucking call King Shaman or whatever, but, like, clearly something's fucking, you got some wires crossed in your head. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right? And it's yeah. kind of the same way with Juggalos. But from an out, from, from the outside looking in, it always seems that way, right? Right. I mean, here's the thing. Hardcore sucks, too. Sure. Anybody that is like anybody that is like deeply invested in anything sucks. Right. It, well, in a way that is not like self-critical and self-abasing. On yes, because I am deeply invested in punk and hardcore in the fact that, yes, I spend a lot of money in it and I like it and it occupies a lot of my day and I enjoy it. But I also recognize that it's fucking dumb. Right. Right. Yes, exactly. That's um, the crucial component. You, you have to recognize that what you're doing sucks. Right. And, and just be real about it. Yeah, for sure. As soon as you lose that, um, it's it ceases being cool. <laughs> right. Yes. Exactly. There, there has to. You got to engage with this stuff on on. There has. We've kind of discussed it before, but it's it's a very fine line between self awareness, but also not treating it as if it's the dumbest thing in the world. Because then, then there's also. The then then you veer into like cool guy territory, right? Where you're just like, oh yeah, like this isn't even cool at all, man. Like, right. This fucking sucks. I just do it because like fucking I don't have anything else to do. You know what I mean? But I don't even like it. That's <laughs> that's equally awful. Right. So so kind of we kind of circle back. Nothing is fucking cool. <laughs> right. Yes. Everything sucks. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because no matter how you come at it, if you're serious about it, you can't be serious about it because then you suck. Right. right? Yeah. You can't be aloof about it because then you suck. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. You can't be sort of like, I guess self-abasing and mocking about it because then you suck to the people that take it seriously or take it too aloof. You're too serious for the people that are too aloof. Right. And you're a fucking asshole to the people that take it seriously, right? Right. So when you get down to it, then everything sucks. Well, to, to quote a meme I saw the other day, uh, a deep fried meme, it was uh, something about, yeah, it's real simple, sweetie. You either like exactly what I like and enjoy it in exactly the same way I do, or I fucking hate you. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's basically, that's a, a good summary of my entire approach to shit, and I think is a, in summation exactly what we're trying to communicate here, which is that uh, the way that we do it, we think is cool and correct, and the way that everyone else does it, we poo-poo and naysay. Right. So 
let's think about this in in our neck of the woods yeah right what is the most uncool uh well what do you what do you mean like Expound. what is what is the lamest sort of cultural tether that or cultural flag that people fly that or that people rally around and like want to identify with what is the fucking lamest is it the you know the the midwest chicken ladies with their fucking lake life bullshit right um, is it uh is it uh the uh the proud and loud hogman that you know ride around town is it the juggalos I, you know, I think there's a, a case to be made for the car culture guys that meet up in the parking lot of Don Hall's. That meet up in a local fast food restaurant <laughs> yeah. and like show off their cars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. They meet by the roller dome in Don Hall's, the fast food place, uh, to show off their vehicles and then just literally sit there and rev their in- engines. Yeah, I mean, that is so again, that is pretty dumb. Yeah, but it's also kind of cool because <laughs> they don't give a shit what you think, right? I, I guess, man. I right? mean, I I guess, but I don't know. I don't right? know if they it's kind of cool. They got these badass machines, and mm-hmm. they they tweak them, and they they put on their fucking superchargers, and they fucking gloss them up. Check this shit out, and they fire it up, and they like it, and they know that no one fucking likes it. They know that they know that, you know, I don't know if they do know that they have to know <laughs> they have to fucking know. Right. Yeah. Well, again, I think it's just it's all about the lens. Right. Because I was just listening to Highway Star by Deep Purple like 10 minutes before this. And that that song is all about how sick and badass the car their car is. Yeah. It makes you want to fucking, you know, it makes you want to get a fucking supercharged Barracuda. Yeah, right. for real. Yeah, when I listen to that song, I'm just like, damn, that is fucking cool. It is fucking cool, right? <laughs> and when I watch like Mad Max or something, right. you know, and I'm like, damn, that's fucking badass. It's kind of fucking cool. And and <laughs> and that's probably like what got a lot of those other guys started, you know, probably. With, with their cool cars. Yeah, probably. You know, I, I don't know. I think that for me, the most the most loathsome is the veneer of like Americana that you can put on anything. Okay. Yeah. I, you know I, what I, I mean? Not, I vibe with that. Yeah. The, sure. the, the, the veneer of like, you know, flag waving, you can have flag waving, hardcore punk and, and, and punk rock, right? There's plenty of it. And yeah. that shit is fucking terrible. Right. Yeah. And that whole shit is fucking, that, 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 that's dumb. You can have flag waving fucking hogman. Right. Right. Yep. It's almost a complete circle, the Venn diagram between the hogmen and the flag wa- wavers, right? Yes. Um, no matter what kind of hogmen they are, whether they're like the, the you know, the uh, the warthogs of the hogmen or they, the farm-fed pigs, right? Yeah. The farm-fed pig daddies with their fucking pudding cup beards <laughs> or, you know, the nasty old, I'm a real outlaw, I'm a real criminal because I, I, I decided to be a criminal and join a biker gang, fucking douchebags. But all of them will fucking, you know, put this veneer of like Americana shit on it. You know what I mean? You can do it on anything. And I think that... That to me is the least cool because yeah. that can take anything, no matter how fucking cool it is, and make it shitty. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I might have to agree with you on that. You know, it can take anything, right? It it just ruins everything. Yeah, if you take anything and just inject a healthy dose of like a healthy dose of of jingoistic uh na- like nationalism light, 
it uh, it immediately becomes the corniest, dumbest thing in the world. Yeah, and not even maybe nationalism light, but just like, well, like, okay, so I see a lot of Jeeps around town, right? It's I, I don't know if this is a, a spare tire cover that comes with Jeeps or not, mm-hmm. but they have like an, there's a spare tire cover, you know, on the fucking Jeep in the back, and Jeep culture is fucking dumb, right? Yeah, People that get worst. Jeeps are fucking idiots. I used to have a fucking old Jeep Cherokee. It was cool. I liked it and everything like that, but who gives a shit, right? Right, yeah. Who fucking gives a shit? It turned sure. into a fucking rusty piece of shit, and right now, I hope it's, you know, fucking smashed to bits, right? <laughs> yeah. Fuck that Jeep. Right. Right. Um, but I see a lot of them around town that have a spare tire cover on them. And then there's an American flag. It just says there's only one. Mm. Right. Yeah. Like cool. even something as seemingly innocuous as that. Yeah. Right. It's, it's just going to make me go, you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, right? for sure. You yeah. fucking like like already I saw you coming with your fucking Jeep that has like all the fucking off-roading shit on it, even though you clearly never take it off-road. Yeah. And if you did, you're fucking lame and stupid, you fucking asshole ripping up (laughs) shit off-road, right? Yeah. And if you don't and you got it all off-road, you're even fucking lamer and dumb, dumber. And then you put the fucking, you know, um, there's only one American flag bullshit on your car. And that doesn't necessarily put him as a bootlicker or some fucking like, you know, you know, some fucking jingoistic, uh, nationalist. It just, oh wow, fuck the stars and bars. Old glory. Who gives a fuck, right? <laughs> shove it up your fucking ass, right? If you're from Mexico, shove your fucking Mexican flag up your ass, right? I don't give a fuck where you're from. Take your Canadian flag and fucking shove it up your dick hole. No one gives a fuck, right? <laughs> yeah, I agree. You know what I mean? Wow, cool. You were you you happen to love the country that you were born in. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow you should have a lot of pride in that right? right all the great things that the country's accomplished you should have a fucking ton of pride in because man thanks to you you should have a ton of pride in it you know right, yeah yeah taking pride in anything that is like purely a, a coincidence of fate is right. w- one of the most absurd things you can adopt is like a personality trait. Yeah. Yeah. And like in America anyway, cause like, you know, uh, it seems to be uh, certainly an American thing is like this garish sort of like, well, you have to love old glory, right? You right. have to love Americana. No, I fucking don't. You know what I think of when I think of Americana? I think of fucking, you know, fucking bucktooth hillbillies sucking each other off while banjos fucking play. I, I think of like, you know, despicable fucking clansmen fucking burning shit down and smashing, you know, smashing people's lives. That's what I think about. I think about fucking my old man fucking chucking bullets through the forest at like Charlie as he's running away. The man in the black pajamas. Right. Right. Fuck you and your fucking American bullshit. Yeah, I sure I, as hell ain't thinking about the boys and their brave charge against Hitler's forces. Homie, that was fucking 80 years ago, and no one gives a fuck. Right. Right? So fuck you. Fuck you, America. <laughs> yeah, indeed. I think the lesson to take away from the the many subjects that we've sort of— well, or not the many subjects, but rather the many uh, subgroups that we've co- touched on here, the many different demographics that we've touched on that draw our ire is that— you really can't do right by us. And that's why we have five friends. Well, um, no, I see. But it gets back to my point. The lamest, the fucking lamest is the veneer of Americana that people put over. Right, sure. Turns anything to shit. 
That's true. But last night there was a, it just all ties into the, a theme that we revisit often. And, and last night I, there was a, a small party at my house for a, a friend of a friendly acquaintance of mine, I guess, um, a woman and uh, my brother threw it for her and she asked me to come outside and be social. So uh, I halfway obliged. I did come outside. I talked to the two people there that I, you know, actually cared to converse with and sat in one spot as I always do when I am forced into social gatherings. And, uh, and two, two people that I just, I know, but not very well, um, were involved in some sort of jovial merrymaking, um, you know, arms around each other, singing a song. And yeah. And I, and I looked over at it and, and my, a a friend of mine who, uh, an old friend of mine who I don't see much was next to me and she had come out to the, the party and she was just like, wow, you really hate that, don't you? I didn't say anything. You know, I just looked over and she's like, wow, you really hate that, don't you? And I was like, yeah, I, I do. And I don't, I can't explain to you why I do, but just, I really hate it. And she's like, ta- talking about how she recently read an article that some people have basically what is described as a heightened disgust response. <laughs> And, and she was like, yeah, I think you have a, what I was just reading about, which is a heightened disgust response. And most people have like one or two things that it applies to. But, you know, I've known you for 10 plus years and I, I think you have this essentially, you know, uh, mental disorder in which <laughs> you recoil in disgust from things that normal people don't will register as a pleasant. And I was like, yeah, that that very that very well could be the case. I'm not really sure. I don't know. I, when's a, I can't think of the last time that I felt gen, like genuinely like into merriment. No, 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 <laughs> not at so, all. So was this, this is a birthday party, right? Yeah. For an adult. Yeah, for an adult. Jesus fucking is, Christ. Yeah, I mean, that's already pretty questionable, right? Right. Not only that, but the fucking hubris. The <laughs> fucking hubris. I'm so fucking important that you need to come around here and celebrate the fucking day that I emerged onto this fucking planet, right? Right. Fuck you. Why don't you give me fucking gifts? Because you're so goddamn fucking lucky that I was goddamn born. You should be thanking me. And you should be thanking me that I'm only asking for paltry fucking gifts. Right? (laughs) A fucking $10 Applebee's card. I ain't going to fucking use it because I don't fucking eat there. Right? But at least a token of your fucking gratitude. The fucking hubris of having a fucking birthday party as an adult. Unless you're like some old granny. Right? Who managed to fucking beat the odds and live to be fucking 90, right? Right, sure. Or some little kid? Mm-hmm. No, you don't have birthday parties. You don't even fucking acknowledge your birthday. Why would you do that? Right. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, I've 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 gotten into some arguments with ex-partners. The operating term there is ex. Um, I've definitely gotten into some some debates with ex-partners about birthday stuff and and me just generally being bad at remembering birthdays and not doing a very good job at, at, at making a big deal out of them because I'm just like, yeah, we're grown fucking adults. I'm happy to celebrate anytime you make even even a minor sort of life achievement that you feel proud about. I'll, I'll buy you a gift because you got a 50 cent raise at work. I'll buy you a gift uh, because you had a hard conversation with your mother that you've been putting off for a decade. But like, 
why are we celebrating the day that we're that we were born it's totally fucking arbitrary it's yeah. it, it, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm, maybe this is just some fucking autistic shit. I don't fucking know, but I truly can't wrap my brain around what there is to be excited and jovial about. <laughs> like it just as, as a grown adult person. Right. And it does feel, it does feel self-indulgent on a level to me that is just repulsive. Yeah. It, 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 the last time that I attempted to have a birthday party was when I was 10 years old. Right. <laughs> I invited like, I mean, what do you like? Third grade, fourth grade, third grade, I think, when you're 10. Something like that. Some shit like that, right? No, it's probably fourth grade. Anyway, I invited a bunch of people, you know, my friends from fucking yeah. elementary. Like you have, you know, like from fucking elementary school. And literally two people showed up. Right. Right. We had a, it, was, it was a fucking, we were supposed to have a bowling party and all that sort of shit. Have a, have a good fucking time, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, two people showed up. And so we... Uh, Got bored with bowling, went back to my place and ate cake and had hot dogs, and then they went home. Yeah, and uh, that was the last time I ever even fucking tried. Well, you know, I now reflecting like, on, like I'm sorry, you know, like yeah, ten years old. That's it. You're done. You're done. Yeah, right. Why? Why would you have a fucking birthday party beyond that? So, so reflecting on it now, you know, as I w- was thinking about it for the last couple of minutes, I think maybe. Uh, I think maybe that a lot of people use it too because they're not the kind of people who celebrate their friends or loved ones uh, in their day-to-day life. And so they have to like carve out a moment in which it, it is appropriate and, and expected. But like, I guess, I don't know, man. I think a lot of people that I've had, including like ex-partners or people that just family members, whatever, that observe like my friend group and like our general friend group comment often that we're... Uh, unnaturally close i guess and that like not a lot of friend groups uh have the have similar in-group dynamics that we do and uh and like we get each other shit all the time you know what i'm saying like yeah. we we recognize our our friendship and the importance of one another fairly frequently it's a it's a pretty common occurrence i'll it's not at all uncommon for me to show up to your house with uh, and and you have a record waiting for me or vice versa or just you yeah. know what I mean we 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 do little tokens to show uh, gratitude and appreciation for one another all the time but I don't think most people's peer groups are like that so I think maybe that's what the whole birthday party is about is they're like carving out time to appreciate each other or something again because they're hubristic fucking selfish pieces of shit <laughs> perhaps so yes right right hey come out come out to my fucking grand fucking day hey how about fuck you <laughs> indeed if there's one goddamn day i don't want to see it's on that how about that <laughs> yeah okay. all right so uh well we've we've uh we've met our quota That's a half for hour a- rant <laughs> i was gonna say we met our quota for a 30 minute uh, prelude to the episode where we don't even talk about music at all. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even have anything to talk about. I was no, going to ask you about enemies, but uh, I guess we could save that for another day. Wait, what about enemies? No, let's not get into it. <laughs> about my enemies or about our enemies? Enemies. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it another time. Okay, fair enough. Um, so uh, let's uh, let's get into the actual podcast. Let's talk okay. about music, okay? So we got some uh, we got some returning stuff this week. We got some new stuff this week, and then we have uh, a band that we're going to do a premiere for this week. So let's let's start with them. 
So the band that we're going to do a premiere for is a band called Acne. They are uh, a band that uh, a homie of mine who's a publicist and a promoter and a booker, booking agent and whatnot, uh, my, my homie Alex Martin sent over to me because I, I wrote up a, uh, like a press release bio for them. Uh, speaking of which, uh, I do freelance press release shit. So if you're a band and you need some work done, hit me up. But uh, so I, I did a press release for them and uh, they sent over their uh, their new EP. And uh, I was really, really fucking impressed with it. Like, uh, it's really, really good stuff. Uh, and they're incredibly young. I think they're all fresh out of high school um, kind of I mean, it's alt rock, but it, the thing that really captured captured my attention was it's like alt rock when alt rock still when alt rock still wanted to be confrontational in some way, and it still had some teeth. Okay. Um, so we're gonna premiere the first song off of uh, off of their new their new EP. The song's called Long Long Summer. Then we have got the band Total Meltdown, which is a return from a couple weeks ago. They are a Brooklyn, New York hardcore band that sent this over. They self-submitted after seeing a post that I made in uh, No Echoes Facebook group, um, described as just sort of like bouncy New York hardcore stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then we have got another return from last week, Placeholder with Selfless Spirit. It's a new song from the uh, this band. They're from St. Louis, Missouri. We had their song Sickness Health on a couple months ago and enjoyed it quite a bit. They self-submitted this. Then we have got another return from last week. This was a submission from one of our listeners over in Sweden, I believe. And the band is, is also Swedish. It's the band Speedway with their self-titled EP. It was described to me as youth crew inspired stuff for adults, taking cues from Turning Point and Uniform Choice. Then we have got a submission from my friend Eric Pressman, who plays in Wet Specimens, Mystery Girl, and a bunch of other rad bands. He regularly sends in cool stuff. He sent in like three or four things, so I just mm -hmm. picked out one of them this week. Um, the band is Special Interest. The release is The Passion Of. This is a band that I saw... I saw a few friends of mine sharing this on Instagram and whatnot the other day. The, uh, the cover art interested, interested me. This is a record that I believe... It's 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 out entirely digitally now. Um, the vinyl pre-orders go up in like a little bit less than a month, and it was described to me as uh, post-punk stuff. It certainly looks the part. So if Eric likes it and it's post-punk, I imagine it'll probably be pretty good. Then we have got Year of the Knife with Internal Incarceration. This is their new upcoming LP. I think it comes out in August. They have two songs out. Uh, the song that was submitted to us is Virtual Narcotic. It was sent in by uh, my friend Grant Williamson. Then we have got Groin with Greatest Hits. We had one of their releases um, in the queue, I want to say a couple months ago, maybe, but we just didn't get around to it. And this is, uh, this is a self-submission, a self-resubmission that I got in the email this week, so I decided to throw it back in the queue. Then we have got Concrete Elite with Absolute Guard. This is a, an OI-inspired hardcore band from Austin, Texas that was sent in by a listener of the show. Then we have got one that was uh, sitting sitting in the Facebook group for a few months um, that I didn't get around to previously. I just didn't see it. Uh, it's a band called The Nasty Hooks. The record is called Attacks. They're a band from Greenville, South Carolina, and I know literally nothing about this at all. Okay. Then we have got Midwest Lust with their release, Midwest Lust. It is a two-song EP on Distorted Visions and Suspended Soul Tapes. And uh, again, I don't really know anything about this. Um, it was submitted, I believe, by a member of the band, and I think it's kind of in the harsh noise power electronics world. And that is, uh, that's everything we got this week. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, 
Uh, so I think we'll go we'll go ahead and just start with the with the song that we're going to premiere. Okay. Uh, since we're gonna we got to get around to it anyway, so we are going to listen to the song "Long Summer" by Acne off of their upcoming EP. <laughs> So we just heard the song Long Summer by the band Acne. That is the first song off of their upcoming EP Crash Club that is coming out on, I believe, let me let me double check here, July 10th. Um, it is a tape that's coming out on Acrobat Unstable Records, which is a newer label based out of Charlotte, North Carolina. 
Um, so as I said, I, uh, I was already familiar with that. I listened to the entire EP cause I had to do the, the press release for it and, uh, really, really enjoy it. I've been, I've been spending it a lot. Um, I'm very, very stoked for this record to come out. The way that I described it is basically like, like the swirlies trying to play replacement songs. Um, the vocalist definitely has a sort of, uh, uh, has like a Westerberg swagger that is very appealing to me. I like the rough delivery on the vocals. I like the generally unpolished approach to it. Like the songwriting is clearly very good, um, but they're playing fast and loose. Uh, the riffs are very catchy. Um, I like the way that that song in particular sort of falls apart at the end. Like I said, there's just sort of an undercurrent of this uh, cavalier, aloof attitude that that runs through the entirety of the release that really reminds me of what I liked about indie rock and college rock when I first got into it. And I think is something that is desperately missing uh, from a lot of the pseudo yacht rock, soft rock bullshit that is described as indie rock today. Um, and if, I guess, you know, if you're going to be a 19, 20 year old kids playing guitar music, that isn't strictly speaking punk or hardcore or metal or something, this is, uh, this is what I would prefer that you play for sure. Uh, so yeah, I, I got nothing but good things to say about that. And I'm really stoked for the record to come out and, uh, and I'm really hoping that they do some touring cause I really want to book them here. Uh, Nate, what'd you think about that? Yeah. That song grew in me as it went along. Um, because especially with when it first opened, I thought, oh, shit, this is going to be some really fucking soft shit, isn't it? Mm. Um, but no, as it got as it got noisier and just sort of, you know, a little bit just sort of, I guess, more aggressive and loose as the song went on. Yeah. Um, I liked it more and more. And when it went out, I was sold. I, I thought it was pretty good. I wasn't sold for like the first maybe minute of the song. Mm-hmm. Um, the chorus is super catchy. I like the I like the chorus. Um, yeah, it grew on me. I'd like to see this band for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I imagine this, this translates well live too, cause the rest of the EP is, is uh, pretty high energy and unrelenting. That's the other thing that I like about it a lot. It's five songs. It's short. Um, I think it's five songs, maybe six. Uh, don't quote me on that, but it's a handful of songs and they get in and out with it. Um, like I said, the songwriting is like to the point, it's pretty brief. They, they basically inundate you with some uh with some catchy riffs just long enough to get them stuck in your head and then they get out and uh that's that's what i really enjoy in my youthful indie rock so yeah i uh, i like this a lot I'm, i i hope that kids uh i hope the kids fuck with this and i hope that it i hope this is a portent of things to come and uh bands deciding to go the indie rock route uh maybe also deciding to buy some fucking distortion and fuzz pedals again and not and not all just be like washed out dad rock shit yeah i like indie rock that is both catchy and listenable but also grating and um kind of nasty at the same time yeah for sure right i mean that's why i love pavement and stuff right right um so yeah there you go if uh if uh if if 90 if early 90s college rock uh late 80s early 90s college rock is your your stilo uh i imagine you would probably like that and like i said if you're interested in picking it up comes out july 10th via acrobat unstable Uh, and i think they're just doing a cassette release right now i'm not sure if there's a vinyl release planned but for now you can get it on tape via that label uh in uh, in like a month so uh on that note let's roll the dice and uh see what's up Okay, uh, 10. Okay, 10 is Midwest Lust. 
this is on the Distorted Visions Bandcamp. So it's just distortedvisions.bandcamp.com. That's uh, it's a DIY cassette label based in St. Louis, Missouri. This band, um, like I said, I think this was submitted by a member of the band in the Facebook group, and I, I get the I get the strong feeling that it is like harsh noise power electronics shit, um, which is is not really my steez, typically speaking. Um, but there are instances in which I can be sold on it. So let's uh, let's just listen to the first of the two songs that they have on here queued up to play. So we're going to listen to Assassination Time by Midwest Lust off of their self-titled tape.
We just heard the song Assassination Time by Midwest Lust off of their self-titled tape. Nate, what'd you, how'd you feel about that? Well, if you're tuning back in, because you probably turned that off or fast forwarded after about 10 seconds of it, the right. entire four minutes and 43 seconds sounded exactly like the first 10 seconds of it. Right. Um, I don't listen to a lot of this stuff per se, but I do think that I have a softer spot for harsh noise than you do. Mm-hmm. Um, because I am more prone to just sort of put it on, you know, known. I'm, I'm not going to go seeking, you know, harsh noise. You know what I mean? Right. I have a few that I check in with. Yeah, I'll put, I'll put that on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I tend to like, if I find myself sort of nodding my head and almost entering into like, I guess, sort of a, a like a, I hesitate to use the word trance, but mm-hmm. I just sort of like the, the, I just sort of fall into a groove with the noise track. Yeah. Um, that's just like anything else. If I can nod my head to it, I like it. If I can find like the pattern and the rhythm in it and go with it. Right. Right. I didn't find that with this. Um, I don't, you know, I, I lack the language to really tell you, you know, everything, what's going on with this track. I can tell you that I didn't like it. Um, I was ready for it to be done after 20 seconds mm-hmm. um, or at least change it up. There was not a lot of variety. But here's the thing with this sort of shit, too. Who gives a shit? Because the point is that it's a contrarian. Right. And so that I can get with that. And that's one of the reasons why I like it is because I wouldn't call that a song. It's a piece, right? Sure. Um, as a form, it is intentionally contrarian. Right. Um, all the better if it can captivate you and pull you in. But especially to the purveyor, to the creator of it, it might not matter so much if they captivate you and pull you in because yeah, totally. it might be it, it might be an attempt to fucking drive you away. Right. Right. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I think that that kind of describes the duality of my feelings about much harsh noise is that. I'm totally with the ethos, right? Uh, right. I, I understand the underlying desire to create things that are essentially repulsive in every conceivable way that don't have an audience per se. Um, I, I enjoy that. I, I enjoy that attitude. I enjoy that approach. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of the time, the end result just feels very low effort to me. And I think that there is a way to make music, like well, not music, right? But make a whatever you want to call this, an art, a, a, son, a soundscape, a sonic art piece, a sonic art installation, what, however you want to refer to it. There's a way to create stuff that sounds like this that is that still retains the potential to be engaging, like what you just described. And and there is plenty of music that I find to be unbelievably obtuse and alienating to 99.9% of listeners. And I still enjoy it a lot. I mean, like the, you know, early boredom's material is about as impenetrable as you can get with music. And I love it. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, pop Tatari is one of my favorite records fucking ever. And, and there are even, and I'm going to get fucking even more canceled for this one, but there are like Boyd Rice and non pieces that are essentially very, very, very closely akin to harsh noise that I like a whole lot. Um, but I, I guess if it's going to be something that I engage with actively, I just need there to either be what you described, which is a through line, uh, like a sonic through line that I can attach, that my brain can latch onto, 
or it needs to be conceptually compelling to me on another level. Right. Um, and most harsh noise just doesn't meet either of those criteria for me. So while I can respect, uh, while I can respect what you're doing in principle, it's not anything that appeals to me. So that's basically where I stand with this. Yeah, this didn't give me the same sort of feeling as like, I don't know, I think I, a few episodes back or whatever, I'd mentioned that I've been listening to Brighter Death Now for a good period mm-hmm. of like, you know, before we, like a couple hours, right? Right, yeah. And a lot of those tracks, they feel, um, they, they, they almost, they, 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 they sort of, like I said, I lack the language here, but they envelop me in like an experience beyond just the right. um the the sound of it right yes, they they, totally. they evoke a sentiment in me right they yeah. they make me whether it's you know huge and sort of all consuming sort of envelope that it grabs me in that that makes me think about you know yeah this is what the end of the fucking world sounds like right sure yeah or something like that um but it's got to grab me and you know th- that's the thing is you know Again, like I said, because it's an entirely contrarian form, mm-hmm. um, if it didn't do that to somebody, then it also succeeded. <laughs> you right, know what I yeah. mean? Sure, sure. Right? It, 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 it's almost like you can't fail. Now, now the it's very important, I think, because I've seen, you know, especially at the house we used to get, you know, noise acts that come through. Mm-hmm. A noise act has to be visually compelling. Totally. Yes. Nobody wants to watch you fucking hit pedals and fucking scream into the mic on the no. floor. No. Dude, Nobody wants it. wants to watch you do that. Nope. Like if you're gonna take that shit live, you need to make it visually compelling. You yes. need to make it interesting. You need yep. to put energy into it. I agree. Um, For sure. Nobody wants to watch you and your buddy sit around at mixers and fucking hit pedals and just, you know, play with feedback for fucking fifteen twenty minutes. No, not at all. Nobody. Nope. Um, yeah, no, I feel I feel the same. At that point, it needs to feel like a, 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 an art installation. I want to feel engaged by what you're doing. Otherwise, you know, don't bother. But but yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think I think describing describing yourself as feeling enveloped by what you're hearing is a good way uh, to summarize, you know, what one of the I guess what I find to be one of the more attractive features of the noise stuff that I do really really like and engage with um and i mean even like uh cop and young god like swans stuff right like that's basically noise music Mm. but it it, and on a lot of levels right like i mean some of those songs are just six minute repetitions of a bass hit and one chord with homeboy michael jira yelling over the top of it Uh, right it's it's very akin to noise music and uh, but as you described to me, that stuff feels like the fucking end of the world. And it feels it feels genuinely confrontational. Right. Um, whereas a lot of this stuff to me like th- this, I, I just tuned this out. Right. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't this didn't feel confrontational to me at all. And I guess if I'm going to be if, if, if you're going to accost me with five minute bursts of white noise, uh, I want to feel. I want to feel violated and made uncomfortable by it, or I want to feel really engaged with it on some emotional level. That most stuff that sounds like this just it doesn't. It doesn't hit that note for me. Yeah, I mean, the first thing I did when this came on was turn it down. Um, right. 
and then I'm thinking, holy shit, is this going to be four and a half, you know, four minutes and four, 40 seconds of this? Yeah. Um, I kind of stopped paying attention to it. There yeah. weren't any frequencies in it that really like got my hair to stand up on end. Nah. You know, like nope. I, that's, that's part of it too. I mean, I don't know if that happens to other people, but you know, there are certain, there are certain tones, certain frequencies, certain fucking riffs that'll get my, that'll give me goosebumps. Totally. You know, yeah. certain songs reliably, I will get fucking goosebumps when I hear the song. Right. Yeah. Very um, much. and certain, certain frequencies, certain tones will do the same thing. And there was none of that in there. Nah. Um, you know, I, sometimes I wonder too, like the point of it is to be, as I said, unlistenable. The point of it is to be um, other, right? Mm -hmm. I have to imagine that people that are into this sort of stuff, like genuine, like, oh man, I got tons of you know noise releases and stuff like that. They don't actually probably put them on very often and just fucking like zone out to them. It's probably the rare person who does the that. rare, like, especially with a clear head. Yeah. You know, like with a clear head, I don't know. It doesn't, it's rare. It's rare that I, I figure, you know, it's more like, it's almost like you want to show it off to somebody, like get into a pissing contest to see who can pull out the more fucking abrasive right. thing. You know what I sure, mean? Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like no one's, no one's putting it on to just chill. Right. Maybe I'm totally wrong. I'm, I'm sure I'm totally wrong about that. I, driving through Cleveland one time, there was a really dope indie radio state college radio station that I landed on. And seriously for like probably 15 minutes, there was this noise track playing that mm. just sounded like sizzling bacon grease or like it was <laughs> raining bacon grease. Right. It yeah. wasn't white noise. Um, it wasn't, you know, that it wasn't just that, you know, blank slate of noise. There were other things happening in it but it sounded like sizzling bacon grease and it for 15 fucking minutes. Yeah. And listening to it, you know, and, and, and I was like, oh, I got to see where this is going. Right. Like I got to see where this is going now. I'm invested. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Five minutes goes by. I was like, okay, okay. I got it. We got to keep going. I got to, got to see what's going to happen here. I don't care if this takes a fucking hour. I'm going to see this through. Yeah. Um, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes goes by. And then finally the fucking DJ comes back on. There's like a quiet, and like probably, you know, three to five second pause between the end of the track. And then, you know, the DJ comes back on and you could tell he was fucking stoned out of his mind. <laughs> he just goes, oh, man, I could just I could listen to that forever, man. Oh, and he like his voice, you could tell his, his mouth was like right up on the mic. And he's like, oh, I could just listen to that forever. Oh, my God. And he's like talking like that. Yeah. And he can tell he was just fucked up. So, yeah, I mean, you know, if, if you got your brain in, 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 in an altered state, uh, maybe it takes you somewhere else. But I have to imagine, at least me personally, yeah, I, I own shit like this. Um, mm -hmm. I don't put it on a lot, but when I yeah. do, it's almost always, hey, check this shit out. This is going to fucking irritate the shit out of you. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, I will say I know a few people who definitely actively listen to this, but they're autistic as shit. <laughs> so, so, you know what I mean? I think that, I think it takes like a special brand of genuine weirdo. That is the one in a million person who actually sits down and really puts this stuff on. Yeah. And the, you know? they're probably the ones that really release good shit. Probably, yes. You know what I mean? Right, so. for sure. 
So, uh, so yeah, on that note, I felt about that, you know, pretty much how I expected I would. Um, I, you know, I feel no way about the sounds that I heard, but, uh, I, you know, I, I certainly respect the effort. It's just, uh, it's not a world that appeal, appeals to me largely, but, uh, but I, I, but I get, I get the ethos ideologically. I vibe with you philosophically. I vibe with you. It's just, I, I never will put this on for any reason. Yeah. I'll never listen to that again, but if there's something to the live set, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Then I'll watch it. And sure. I'll watch the crowd just as much as I watch you. Totally. Yes. 100%. Right. Um, all right. So uh, let's roll the dice, see, see what we got next. So this is a really good episode. We've got 35 minutes of me telling people that they're fucking idiots because they're happy. Uh-huh, yeah. Right. And they're yep. fucking jerks and shit because they want to have a birthday party. Right. Which is contrarian uh-huh. and intentionally shitty. Yes. And then we have five minutes of that, uh-huh. right? Yeah. That's a 40 fucking minutes right off the bat. There's nothing to listen to in this episode. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We're off to a really strong start. <laughs> All right. So the next one is nine. Okay. So nine is uh, the Nasty Hooks with Attacks. The band camp is thenastyhooks.bandcamp.com. This came out in October of last year. It was recorded by Christian Winkler and Travis Thubbend, which sound like fake names. (laughs) Um, The first full-length album by the Nasty Hooks. Catchy, original, and completely insane. So some of... Oh, no. Oh, God. I don't know. Some of the the tags I see down here. Yeah. Funny, rap, trap, comedy. Unique, weird, no genre, comics. If you're tagging shit that you're making unique and weird, uh, I question your fucking credentials, friend. Two dummies making genre-defying music. Okay. Okay. It seems like the first track is an intro. Yeah. Um, Because it's self-titled and it's only one minute long. The rest of the songs on here are are sitting around the three, three and up range. Yeah. I don't know what song to listen to. I kind of like the name of the song "Bank Bank." Just I I, I like "Bank Bank." (laughs) It's very stupid, and it's right in the middle of the record. So maybe let's listen to that. Let's listen to "Bank Bank." All right, so we're gonna hear "Bank Bank" by the Nasty Hooks off of their record "Attacks." Hell no. Give 
Damn it, I hold that I'm trying to buy some money It's time to order quarters Time to order quarters It's time to order quarters Time to order quarters Time to order quarters It's time to order quarters Time to order quarters It's time to order quarters Time to order quarters It's time to order quarters Time to order quarters It's time to order quarters Time to order quarters me broke, huh? I got the money cause I bought some hoes Standing in the bank, about to make some bank, bank, some bank. Standing in the bank, about to make some bank, make some bank. Point star living large, put that cash up on my card Point star living large, put that cash up on my card Point star living large, put that cash up on my card Point star living large, put that cash up on my card Why don't All you right. come in on this? Uh, uh, okay, so so we just heard the song Bank Bank by the Nasty Hooks off of their record Attacks. Um, I had to look up who sent that in to us. It is uh, Adam Adam Schulte, who I, I'm not sure if he's a Patreon subscriber, but I think that he is. Um, I know he, he posts in the uh, Facebook group fairly, fairly often, and I think he is either an ex or a current stand-up comedian. I think these are maybe some homies of his um, down in, uh, in South Carolina. Uh, so, so I got to say that the premise was just stupid enough for me to find it actually funny. I, I was actually laughing when they first mentioned they're going to buy money. Yeah, for sure. Um, now the concept got played out pretty quick. Yeah. Um, but the, but the concept in essence was just the kind of stupidity that resonates with me. Uh, so I, I I at least liked it conceptually. Yes. Um, in execution, you know, there's very very few rap acts that that sort of fall into the intentionally funny camp that I actually enjoy. Like I really hate all like the nerdcore shit and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, but I really like, uh, like Das Racist and this felt like uh, very much in the vein of Das Racist, but, but Das Racist is, is genuinely witty, uh, also genuinely good. They're like actually good rappers. And I mean, MF Doom is, 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 uh, often very funny as well. Right. Um, I think there's plenty of rap or, or even like fucking cool Keith. You know what I'm saying? There, there's plenty of, of rap that it can be intentionally funny while also being very good. So when I get comedy rap that isn't good at all, um, 
it, it's not really appealing to me just because I can go else. I can go to real rap for laughs. You know what right. I'm saying? Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't really, I don't really need this. Right. Because yeah, I was, I was going to say, because you know, yeah. MF doom is real rap. Right. Exactly. He's a rapper first that happens to be funny. Right. Exactly. There's, there are plenty of other, there are plenty of other places I can go. All right. Or even, even fucking slick Rick, you know, yeah. slick Rick is yep. fucking hilarious, but yep. he's also one of the best MCs of all time. So, so that's, I guess that's the thing that is really off putting to me about comedy rap is just like, it doesn't need to be a subgenre because a lot of the best rap is both incredibly capable an incredibly capable representation of the genre and also very funny. So Mm -hmm. it's just, yeah, I don't, I don't really have any use for this kind of stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm not mad at a a couple dudes, uh, doing a joke project in their, in their basement, presumably. Um, but I got really nothing else to say about this. Yeah. I mean, like you, when, when it first, it's first mentioned that the song is about buying money. Right. That's pretty funny. And it, at that point, it felt like a Tim and Eric sketch, but it should have only been 30 seconds. Right. Yeah. Right. Sure. Like if you're watching an episode of Tim and Eric, it's an interlude between skits. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, that would have been pretty funny. Um, but here's the thing. I don't think that uh, I don't think it was necessarily meant to be uh, an inane song about being funny about buying money. You don't think so, huh? I think it's actually about currency trading and um, the exchange markets, because <laughs> buying money is something that you can do, and that is true. Yes, I can guarantee yeah. you that Warren Buffett and Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates all participate in currency exchange markets. Totally, yeah, no, I, yeah, that's that's a good point. I he, there they are definitely there is definitely an underlying commentary on a real world phenomenon here. Yeah, so I think that this is actually a serious look, and you know. Say what you will about the quality of it. Uh, there was a bit more effort put into it than I thought there sure. was going to be. Right. Um, and, you know, they're they're basically telling you how the rich get richer, right? That's what they're telling you. Yeah. They're not trying to be funny. They're trying to expose a, um, a legal but a closed sort of way that m- people with money can make even more money by buying right. money and then exchanging that money on a currency exchange market. Right, for sure. Right. It's not um, about uh, it's it, it's not about being funny at all. It's it's these these are crying these are these are crying clowns here. <laughs> okay, I see. They're like the fatties in that way. Yes. Um, also, sorry for anybody who just heard the dog losing its fucking mind. Um, a dog that will literally piss if it meets a new person because of how scared it is. It, 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 really, the king of just puffing one's chest out is uh, Rigby the dog who lives here. Because if he hears somebody coming up to the door, he will lose his fucking mind. But the minute that person reaches out to try to touch him, he will literally piss himself with fear. Um, I've known some. I've known some men like that in my time. Uh, so, so yo, if you want to listen to some funny rap, uh, that's also really, really good. If if we've piqued your interest and you're not you're not familiar with the world of uh, legitimate MCs who are also hilarious. Maybe try, uh, maybe try the first Dr. Octagon record. Mm. I, I mentioned, I mentioned cool Keith. Um, not we, the second, not the second Dr. Octagon record. Not, not the second Octagon, Dr. Octagon record. What, which one is that? Sex style? Yeah. Um, it's not very good. I was um, talking, I, I was talking about Dr. Octagon, Dr. Octagon, Ecologist. Yes, 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 yes. I, I always have the worst trouble pronouncing that. Um, but that one is great with some great skits on there. There's a horse in the hospital. That's right. 
Um, Yo, Kira, new, the, the return of Dr. Octagon, not very good. Yeah, that one came out like a, quite a few years down the down Yeah, the like road. eight years that later. One, yeah. Um, but the, the first Dr. Octagon record is fucking great. Um, legitimately good and just complete stream of consciousness. Like... The, the dude's rhyme styles are insane. And the entire, I think the entire record, save maybe one or two songs, was produced by Dan the Automator, who is one of my favorite producers from that time period. He also yeah. produced the that record, sounds, record. The production of that record is dope. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, if you're interested in, like I said, if, if, if that's not a world that you've dipped into before, uh, Cool Keith is a, a good place to jump in on and, uh, and, and, and get a taste of what, what rap that is genuinely very good sounds like that is also genuinely very funny. And, yo, the last time we saw Cool Keith, oh my it God. was genuinely one of the funniest, dopest things I've seen in a long goddamn time. Yeah, it was fucking amazing. Right. Uh, yeah, I, to, to describe it here wouldn't do it justice. We went to a shitty club in Fort mm-hmm. Wayne. Um, the show apparently was not promoted. There were nine, maybe ten people there to see the rappers that yep. weren't rapping. Uh, everybody else was a rapper that was mm-hmm. rapping. Yep. Cool Keith showed up with, I don't know who the dude was that was with him, his hype man, um, his fucking buddy, right? Right. That was just basically like, yo, in the mic. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, we saw some of the wildest shit we'd seen in a, in a long ass time that night. <laughs> we did. And by indeed. the time cool, cool Keith was so fucking amused, I have to imagine he was disappointed, but at the same time, happy that he turned up for this fucking bullshit show in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Right. Um, and he was so fucking amused. He came out, he did, a, he did one medley of maybe yeah. like 10 songs. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. And then called it after like 12 minutes. Yeah. And then he just fucking hung out and like chilled for about an hour. And then that was that. Yeah, for sure. And, and just kind of, there was also no stage. It was just like a, a partially walled in dance floor Yeah, that everybody was just sort of on. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody was just kind of like flexing with cool Keith while he's fucking rapping on this dance floor. Right. Um, Yeah. There's a picture of us doing that. It was, uh, it was one of the sorriest. But also, at the same time, one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. Yeah, for sure. It was like you, me, our friend Fresh Ben, our friend, uh, my friend Alex, and then like five random people. And there was that one, there was the rap duo or trio of like 45-year-old dudes that were trying yeah. to sound like yin-yang twins, like white yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah like, for sure. It was like it was like three white guys, 45 or 50 years old, trying to sound like yin-yang twins. <laughs> and and like their their old ladies grinding up on them and grinding on Cool Keith and shit. I'm serious. It looked like a fucking Cool Keith video in there. <laughs> yeah, it was fucking incredible, dude. It yeah. was it was definitely it was one of those things where because it also took like three hours for the show to start. Yeah. And like, I, I, I got a second wind, you know what I mean? Because at first it was like, after a while, it was just like, fuck, this is discouraging. And then the rappers started playing and it was awful. But then I started sort of getting encouraged by how awful it was. Yep. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm starting to kind of get into this. This is, this is fun. I'm engaged by this now. And then when Cool Keith came out, it was just, everything about it was kind of perfect. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was like living in a Cool Keith song. Right, exactly. Right, about about yeah. like robot bitches and buffalo <laughs> on the dance floor. Right, yeah, yes, exactly. 
Um, all right. So uh, on that note, let's uh, let's roll the dice and see what we get next. Because so far we've had a really low dosage of actual music on this yeah, episode. You're, you're an hour in, and you have not heard anything you want to fucking hear. Right, except for except for maybe the first song we played, the Acne track. Oh yeah, that's right. We did play that. Yeah, that was so shitty. That. I forgot about it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> One. All right. One is Placeholder. The Bandcamp is placeholderhc.bandcamp.com. The song is Selfless Spirit. As I said, we had them on the show previously. We like the song that we heard. They're playing sort of um, melodic post-hardcore that's equal parts influenced by Rev Summer. I, I got to interrupt you. I got to interrupt you. Okay. On my list that you sent me, one is Total Meltdown. Oh, that's my bad. Well, on let, let me let me see here. Oh, okay. On the on the the ones that I I copied and copied and pasted into the into yeah. the chat. Yeah. Well, the the way I have the tab set up, uh, placeholder is number one. All right. Well, let's do placeholder and then we'll do total meltdown. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Um. So uh, so yeah, like I said, kind of between Rev Summer inspired uh, melodic hardcore and and some more '90s shit. Uh, we'll see if this follows suit with the last release that we heard. Is this so the band that I said it almost sounded like they were singing love songs to fourteen-year-old girls, but not quite? Yes, right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. We said they 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 towed a very uh, delicate line. Right. So we are going to listen to the song "Selfless Spirit" by Placeholder. <laughs> So we just heard the song Selfless Spirit by Placeholder from St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, Nate, what would you think of that? Uh, it's towing the same line as the last song. Um, musically, it was fine. 
not something that I ever really listen to, ever. The only bands I listen to that sound like this are from a particular time in my life. I am not interested in listening to bands, new bands that sound like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and earnest lyrics, right? Um, yep. About Dr. King and some other shit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like the last song I think was about marriage. Maybe. Some bullshit like that, right? Could, could be. I think I shit on it some for that. Like, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not into like, there's a place for it, but not, not in, in my world, um, Uh for like wholesome, heartfelt shit. Right. Um, so that like, what am I supposed to do? Right. The song's about Martin Luther King Jr. I'm not going to like, well, we'll fuck him. Right. I'm not going to shit on him. Right. Right. Sure. <laughs> right. That would you know be- what I mean? Like no one's going to shit on MLK. I mean, pe- plenty of people do. Right. Right. But they're racist. <laughs> yeah. Right. But at the same time, like, I don't want to hear a, a punk song uh, with like, like, like as an earnest sort of pay on to MLK. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fair enough. Like, so I don't, I don't know. I Just I because it. It feels a little on the nose. Yeah, like like it, it is a little on the nose. And I, I kind of felt that way about the last one. Like, I think I said, like, this was fine. Sonically, they towed right up to a fucking line that I do not, I really don't fucking like. Uh-huh. Um, And that was my biggest gripe was like, you know, whatever. It's about fucking marriage and all that bullshit. Right. But like, you know, and, and like real feelings. Who gives a fuck, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Well- and, and and I kind of feel the same way about this. It's like, you know, I'm I'm not gonna shit on on MLK, because uh, you know I ain't a fucking asshole. But that doesn't mean that I have to like fan his fucking balls all the time either. <laughs> well, you can certainly shit on some white kids from St. Louis playing songs about MLK. Hey, and, you know, and, and to be fair, I don't know if these are all no, white kids. No, no I don't and here's, I ain't gonna say that either. But like, you know, yo, if that's what you feel, that's what I've always said. Fucking write what you fucking feel, right? Right. Um, it's just that I never feel that way. You know, right. like certainly not enough to like cry out, you know, dear Dr. King in a song. Right. You know what I mean? No, um, for sure. Unless it's to like, you know, as as a plea for his spirit to you know come back to earth and like embody his corpse and fucking rise and like (laughs) wreak havoc you know what i mean like we need you we need you again mlk please come back help us you know but this time you know you're you're fucking dead so fuck it fuck shit up mlk too this time it's personal exactly right this time we're fucking shit up (laughs) right right yes right yeah um so you know like Yo, MLK's cool, but uh, I don't give a fuck about singing about him. Well, sure. I think it's the difference between what we were talking about last episode and the difference between this is, is uh, you know, it's the fine line between a sort of earnest, very on-the-nose song like this uh, and mm-hmm. one in which you're talking about timely and relevant and serious issues, but it, it feels more like it's evoking anger. As opposed to you're trying to write a song that's like a rallying cry. Yeah. You know what I mean? This feels yeah. more This feels more like that. It's it's just, it's coming from a different, I, I don't know if it's coming from a different uh, emotional core, but the expression is different. And the expression is, is such that it's not nearly as appealing to me as somebody who says, uh, let's go out and pipe bomb the White House. You know what I'm saying? What? Like, what? That, it's just two different things to me. 
like last fall, I think it was last fall, it was a while ago, like 20 episodes ago, we had um, a hardcore band on that had some fucking song about Gaia and Mother Earth and all that sort of shit, right? Right, yeah, yeah Some yeah, like yeah. 90s metallic sound hardcore, I remember who it was. And I was like, moral, those lyrics. Moral, were, it was Moral Law, I think. Yeah, and I was like, those lyrics are fucking dumb. And, you know, like, as someone who felt, you know, that, that like felt strongly enough about conservation issues and like the preservation of our natural heritage that I, you know, have dedicated like the last, I don't know, 25 years of my life to pursuing a career in it and take it extremely seriously. I'm going to tell you that shit's fucking dumb. Right. You know what I mean? Like that shit's fucking dumb. And I don't know anybody who's deeply into conservation that is not, you know, into it as a enthusiast, right? An armchair Mm -hmm. enthusiast instead of out there actually on the fucking ground, boots in the ground. I don't know anybody that lets the word Gaia cross their fucking lips. (laughs) Right. Right. And it's kind of the same thing here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, fair enough. I get it. Like I said, uh, I think it's 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 coming from a core of anger and concern that I relate to, but the expression is uh, is not is not the particular type of expression that uh, I vibe with or that that really resonates with me now. If I were eighteen, I probably would be singing a different tune. Now, like I said, it just feels a little bit on the nose. It feels sort of like rote recitation of ideas that everybody in punk and hardcore should already basically agree with. Um, but uh, and musically, it was okay. Uh, I didn't like it as much as I liked the last song. I was pretty fond of the last track that we heard. This the, one, the last track seemed a bit more. Uh, the the we mentioned like Revolution Summer. The last track seemed to be more rooted in a bit more of that, maybe. Definitely, yeah. Um, for for me, this song didn't catch me until about the fifty second mark. Um, there was a guitar lead that came in that I really liked and they kind of returned to it later, I think around the minute and a half mark. And I really enjoyed that. But up until that point, um, the song felt kind of meandering to me. It it didn't have a whole lot of forward energy. Um, and and it just didn't really, didn't really grab me. Uh, but that particular part, like I said, that sort of, I guess you could consider it a chorus or a refrain. Uh, I liked a lot and, uh, I think it's proof positive that, these folks definitely have some songwriting chops. I mean, they can write a song for sure. Um, the production on this, I think the song suffered from bad production, which is probably not the fault of anybody involved. Uh, I imagine this was probably done uh, in in quarantine uh, in, a, in quarantine conditions, so maybe everything was tracked separately and, and they just mixed what they could out of that. Um, I'll also note that this was done uh, as a benefit track where the proceeds were going to benefit like a St. Louis area bail fund for protesters and stuff. So it's for a good cause. Um, You know, I don't like I said, I don't have a ton of terrible things to say about this. It's just both musically and lyrically in terms of delivery didn't really didn't really hit for me. Um, but I didn't hate it. You know, yeah, I mean, I yeah. the heart's I, in I the right know. place and the fucking message is generally spot on. But the delivery um, misses a motherfucker like me. Right. Yeah, exactly. So uh, on that note, I guess let's uh, since since we just decided to do to- Total Meltdown next, let's just do that. So the Bandcamp is Total Meltdown NYHC.bandcamp.com. And I want to I you know what? I don't know if I want to pr- if I don't I don't know if I want to provide context before or after, because they sent an email after where you, you want to do it after. Yeah. Just so we don't have any preconceptions going into it. Yep. I already do have preconceptions. Well, I don't. 
All right, cool. So uh, let's listen to the first song, which also happens to be the title track. So we're going to listen to the song Total Meltdown by the band Total Meltdown off of the EP Total Meltdown.
so we just heard the song Total Meltdown by the band Total Meltdown off of their self-titled EP. I believe that this is their debut. They are a Brooklyn, New York-based <laughs> hardcore band. And uh, so, so yeah, so they sent us an email that, that gives me one of two distinct impressions. And, and depending upon which camp these individuals fall in, I'm either going to give you some advice or I'm going to let you live. So it gives me the impression that these are either young, younger people that are very much trying to pull from an aesthetic and an attitude and approach that was before their time, but that they feel resonates with them. Or these are like genuinely old head dudes that are probably 40 plus that are playing the music that they came up on. In which case, you're probably a particular type of like old school New York dude that has a very specific interpretation of hardcore and a very specific way in which you communicate about your music and you're probably cemented in that. And I, I got no advice for you. If you're young people, I'm going to, I'm going to tell I'm going to tell you some things. So I'm going to read the, the email that we got and, uh, and keep in mind, I'm not, not trying to diss here, but uh, I just think it's important to provide some context. So I got, this is, this is Ralph from total meltdown. I saw your post on no echoes, Facebook group and wanted to throw my band in the mix. We're a New York hardcore band with members born and bred in Queens and long Island. And our songs are definitely worth reviewing on your podcast. We're bringing that nineties hardcore vibe back to the scene since it's severely missed. If you dig burn leeway and die one you'll feel our shit. Check out our songs to know we're not bullshitting you. So, uh, Okay, so that sounds they, like that sounds like an older dude. Yeah, and they and they like they attached like a like a pretty long press release too. Um, so like I guess my feeling here is if they're older dudes, that is the verbiage of the time in which they came up in 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 New York hardcore and press releases and things were normal and sort of self-aggrandizing language and stuff was normal because there was still a channel for hardcore bands at that point. You know, Madball was getting signed to fucking like ma- like majors or at least semi-major labels, major label subsidiaries and shit. Um, there, was, there was still a channel for certain bands from that scene to achieve some degree of, of mainstream no- notoriety. I mean, Cro-Mags in the early 90s was doing big metal tours and shit, right? So there was this like sort of self-assured professional approach that some of those bands had that was fitting for the time. I'm going to tell you, it's not, it's not fitting for 2020. Um, nobody really cares anymore. If you're born, born and bred in Queens, you know what I'm saying? Um, nobody cares about your bona fides and your street credentials and shit. And again, I'm not trying to diss. I'm just saying straight up, like no one that no professional person you're going to send this to gives a single shit. Uh, it's not something that's marketable in 2020. And frankly speaking, there isn't really a path forward except for very few bands that exist in the heavy music scene to exist in a professional capacity. That lane just straight up, there's no lane for you to occupy now, right? Um, So, and then in terms of saying we're bringing back that 90s hardcore vibe to the scene that's severely missed, um, it it, it isn't really severely missed. There's plenty of bands doing this. There's no shortage. There's no shortage, man. And, And frankly, there's plenty of New York bands doing this um, you know, better, better than what we just heard. I mean, there's bands like mind force and stuff that are absolutely fucking killing it. You want to hear a lot of bands that are taking influence from leeway and that, that vein of New York hardcore, go to triple B records. You can find quite a few releases on there that are doing just that. And they're doing it really, really fucking well. So that's what makes me think that maybe it's older dudes, 
Um, it just, if it is older dudes, yo, like I said, you're from a time, you're from an era where this makes sense to you, but it sounds mad tone deaf. It sounds like you're not reading the room and that you're not really aware of what's going on in hardcore at large right now. And you're kind of speaking out of turn. And if you're young people that are trying to emulate a thing from the nineties, uh, just drop it because it, it, it comes off as disingenuous. So, so that said that all that shit aside, um, the music sounded based upon that email, kind of how I expected it to sound. It wasn't bad. Um, I will say the the intro was literally just exactly the intro to set it off by Madball. I was waiting for you to just say, we don't fake it. We just take it. Like it was literally just like the soundscape, the city, the city soundscape intro to set it off by Madball. Um, and everybody who's ever heard Madball will know that. <laughs> so you ain't slick. Um, but musically, it wasn't bad. It was it was very much like New York hardcore of the era that you're referencing. Um, the runtime felt a little bit bloated. You know, it, it didn't feel like it needed to be quite four minutes long. And the intro um, obviously extended the the runtime of that even more. Um, but musically, there were some interesting ideas in it, and it was competently played. Uh, there were some catchy parts that I enjoyed. To me, the weak link was definitely the vocals, though. Um, I, I was not really feeling the vocals on that. I appreciate that it wasn't like fake tough guy vocals, for sure. And I appreciate that you were doing just like your normal delivery, because we've talked many times on the show about yep. how just your normal yelling voice is always going to be preferable. But it didn't sound like you were putting any sort of oomph into it you know what i mean it didn't sound like you were really yelling push your voice on the next on the next recording um it it, because that was the thing to me that just felt like the weak the weak link for sure yeah i so i didn't have i'm glad that we held off on you know the context before listening to it Mm -hmm. um because yeah i didn't think this was too bad it definitely the references you mentioned it hits right yeah it's it's that new york hardcore that i like which is late 80s very early 90s that is rooted still in fucking like clearly rooted in like victim and pain right sure right um i i don't like it when it gets much fucking bouncier than that um and a lot more polished than that that was about as polished as i want to hear it right um yeah it wasn't bad it didn't stand out it didn't rip and i i I kind of agree like i i didn't the the vocalist kind of sounded like Ray Capo without a speech impediment and a little less urgency to his voice. Yeah, kind of. Right. Yo, re- real quick, can you hear my brother squealing in the background? No. Okay, good. He, he's he's recording uh, like fucking '80s falsetto vo- vocals, and I was just making sure that it was not uh, not coming through on the podcast. No, can't hear. All right. it. Cool. Go ahead. So yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't have any context coming into this to sort of like color it. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's, if it's, I think that this is probably some older fellas just because they definitely have a fucking sound down, right? Right, for sure. Yep. Yeah. Right. They're not, they're not fucking around and trying to figure it out. No. Um, they definitely have a sound down, and they definitely yeah. know what they're going for, and they hit it. Yep. Um, it'd be fun to see. You know what I mean? For sure, yeah. As long as it's not reveling in its own nostalgia. Right, yes, definitely. I don't I don't want to hear speeches about the old school and how it was and nope, shit. Not at all. Not at all. I don't want to fucking hear it. I I don't want to hear about unity in the streets. I right. don't want to hear about, you know, 
I, I just don't give a fuck, man. I just no. want you to fucking rip. Um, yep. And yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think this was too bad. I like the artwork a lot on the. Yeah, uh, the, art, the artwork's real cool. The artwork is dope. Um, I'll probably check the rest of this out. Um, yeah. You know, like the whole sort of like spiel they gave you in the email too. Whatever. You know, it's the same thing that like we've said. It, it's not, it's no different than like what uh, next, right? The fucking bullshit. Right. Right. That next writes about themselves or, you know, um, 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 Bonnie and the mere mortals. Right. Sure. That right. sort of shit where it's kind of like, you know, and I don't know, you, you're a step or two, not even a step or two. Well, these guys are probably a step or two removed from like, I guess, um, the current scene. Right. Yes. Right. And totally. maybe dipping your toes back in or whatever, but it never went away. Right. right. It never yeah. fucking went away. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's tons of fucking vital bands in New York as there have always been in New York. Yep. Um, and so it never went away. It's just that, you know, when people talk about how like, uh, the scene's dead. No, it's, you're just dead, dude. Right. Yes. Exactly. You fucking left. It didn't For go sure. anywhere. The kids are still fucking out there. You fucking went away. Right. Don't come back and try to act like you're saving anybody from something that you stopped paying attention to. Right. Totally. And and, and that's kind of how it reads. Like I said, I mean, it, it, it read as more or less harmless. I'm not mad at it. Uh, this is genuinely just friendly advice. I guess especially, like I said, if you're older dudes or you're younger people, if you're my age, you should fucking know better. But if you're 45 or you're 20, you know, like I said, genuinely just friendly advice. I'm not mad at it, but flexing your cred credentials in, in, in your press release is just, I don't care about it, but more importantly, anybody that you want to put your record out isn't going to give a shit about it. Yeah, and, it's and especially young people, like actual young people who are going to shows, buying merch and buying records, they're not going to give a shit about yo, it. Yo, it's like, it's, it's like, would you have given a shit about uh, some fucking 35, 40 year old dudes telling you about how it was when, you know, they were in their last band 10 or 15 years ago? Yeah, yeah no, fuck no. no. You don't no. give a fuck. You're going to yeah. need, you know, you might as well be grandpa rolling up on his fucking Honda Goldwing, him and the old lady in matching fucking, you know, <laughs> uniforms getting off the fucking Goldwing at the show. Right. right exactly. No one's paying attention to you. For sure. So just come in. And fucking, you know, get right back into it and, and just fucking rip it, right? For sure. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Just put your head down and fucking play. Yeah. Cause, yo, know, if you just come and you play a fucking dope set and you don't come in with any sort of, you know, bloated pomp and circumstance and self aggrandizing approach where you, you know, you, you're looking through the, at the past through rose colored glasses and reminiscing on the way it was and shit. If you just come in as some 40, 45 year old dudes, know your place, understand that this is a youth based movement and now y'all are the second class citizens and you just come in and say, hey, thanks for letting us play. We're total meltdown, and then you fucking play a banger set, and you get off stage. That's gonna earn the respect of the room. Not coming in and being like, "Yo, we're born and bred. We're real. We're from the fucking old school." Yo, nobody gives a shit, man. You and your friends are the only ones that give a shit about that. No young person wants to hear that. 
and frankly, most of those young fools could probably whoop your asses too. I don't know. Maybe y'all are very formidable people, but I'm just saying some able-bodied 20, 20 year olds, um, they're the ones that are, are now in charge of what is going on, like it or not. And they're the ones that are going to buy your records and by and large, they're the ones that are going to fucking be putting out your records. So, uh, so maybe, yeah, like I said, tr- trim back the, uh, where the old school revivalist approach, just write some good songs, come out and rip and, uh, ain't nobody going to be mad at it. Cause the music was perfectly competent. Yeah. I didn't mind that at all. It, w- it was fun. Yo, that just gave me a fucking great idea. Okay. I would love to fight able-bodied 20 year olds at a show. <laughs> like when we play. Yeah. Uh, it'd be so much fucking fun. Wouldn't it? Yeah. I'm sure that could be arranged. How many do you think? Do you, that you could take? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it depends on what their build is like. I mean, yeah, you know it depends I mean? on the build, but average, right? When you see me at a show and you see, you know, you, you know, 20 year olds at a show. Yeah. In, in a small space, mm-hmm. in a basement. Yeah. Four. I think, I, yeah, I was going to say, I think you could probably take four at once. Yeah. That'd be, yeah. Oh, it'd be so much fun, wouldn't it? And you guys keep playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'd be fucking awesome. Right. And I keep trying to fucking, we've done it before. We've like battled people before while we're tr- still trying to fucking play. That's true. It'd be so much fucking fun. You know, I, and the I, kids I, are having fun. Everybody's getting sh- like, you know, everybody's watching a fucking brutal fucking assault on, on, on a man. Yeah. Right? The, the, uh-huh. the fucking, the, the 20 year olds that are attacking me are having a fucking blast. Right. Right. I'm having a fucking blast. Right. Yeah. We're just, I mean, yo, this is a real deal. Only one of us is walking out of this fucking basement right now, fellas. <laughs> yeah. Thunderdome. Right. Oh man. Wouldn't that be funny? Yeah. That'd be awesome. Let's do that. I let's do- make that. Let's go on a tour. Okay. Right. Once all this nonsense about race wars and um, cops killing people and, um, you know, fucking viruses and the end of the world is over. Once the world finally fucking ends. Right. Uh Let's go on tour. Okay. And um, we we, got to give it a snappy name. Right. Mm. Um, um, No one leaves. The no one leaves a live tour. Okay. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And we just we just show up and. We play, we play basements in unsuspecting towns. Right. And I mean, just fucking, it's a slobber knocker in the basement every fucking night. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm into that idea. Right. For sure. That sounds pretty fun. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of fun, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it kind of sounds like it tracks with the idea about enemies that you had earlier, but decided to reserve for a different show. Well, here's, I don't have any fucking enemies. Right. I well, you might, na- you might now. No, because I haven't fought anybody. It'll have to wait until after the tour, and then we'll have a bunch. Okay, but but I'm saying you you might have some just via the podcast. You know what I mean? Nah, I don't think so. Listen, I'm completely fucking innocuous, right? I I am so unassuming and innocuous. There's uh-huh. no reason for anybody to, to for me to have a fucking enemy. I can't think of a single person. There's one person. There's one person who's an enemy of mine. Right. Okay. But it has nothing to do with this podcast or this show or anything like that. Right. Um, there's there's one person who is a definite enemy and an enemy of mine. Um, but I can't think of a single person who's an enemy of mine. But I'm sure that there are some people who who, who from listening to this show probably want to hit you in the jaw. Yeah, but that's not a real enemy. You no, know what sure. I mean? that's not a, no, that's not a real enemy. You no. know what I mean? Like like, number one, how can you be my enemy if I don't know who you are? Right. Yeah. Number two. So you got your fucking feelings hurt. Yeah. What are you, a fucking baby? 
right? But but that's what I'm saying is that it, precisely that approach I think has a, at least a, a fair amount of people. Yeah, but uh, see, see, that's the thing. Like getting so worked up over what an idiot sitting mm. in a basement with toys says, right? That right. you've never met on a podcast that you consider them. You're 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 beneath consideration, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I agree. You, 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 uh, you've already lost the fight. You've got a glass jaw. Yeah, no, for sure. Right. So I, you, I you agree. Know, I, I ain't worried about a baby that's that's <laughs> sad about something I said on on the podcast. I'm talking about a fucking enemy. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't really have any of those. No, I'm not worried about fucking baby bitches either. I mean, you know what I'm saying. You want right. to fucking you want to you want to take 15 seconds of our podcast and cut it out of context for Twitter. You're a fucking bitch. You know what I'm saying. You're not an enemy. You're just literally a whiny baby man. And if you want to roll up on me at a show and swing on me, be my fucking guest. But yeah, you're 100 100 percent below being considered a genuine enemy. I'm with that 100. percent I'm just saying that there are definitely some fools out there who at the very least want to square up and punch us in the jaw for shit that we've said on the show. Maybe you, probably not me. <laughs> you understand you do say more insensitive shit than I do. Yeah, but the shit, the insensitive shit that I say yeah. is common sense and makes fucking sense. <laughs> how could you, how could you disagree with it? Hmm. You know what? I just, I know from firsthand experience, there are a lot of folks that don't feel that way about some of the shit that you say. Well, again, that's because they're fucking weaklings. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so yeah. So on that note, I guess uh, let's 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 do some voicemails. I'll just I'll give uh, I'll give one more tip of the hat to Total Meltdown. Like I said, that was, that was fun. It was sonically competent. It was fun. My only real criticism of the music, like I said, uh, runtime a little bloated, vocals a little bit weak, but it was fun. I would definitely like to see it live. I would definitely like to book you, but uh, become a little bit more correct with the attitude in the future because nobody gives a shit about that. Just play good songs and you're, you'll be good. Yeah, see, um, and for me, it wasn't front-loaded for me like that, so right. I didn't have anyone. You know, I, 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 I like that more than I thought I would because it went the way that I wanted to go with New York Hardcore. Sure, sure, sure. So yeah, so let's uh, let's 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 do some voicemails. Gentlemen, Will Neal. I was thinking that if humans weren't scum and we were capable of governing ourselves better, but we still had to live in a capitalist system, it would be cool if we could at least priority rank or allocate our federal income taxes annually. So, you know, I could say I want 22% to go to single payer health care, 22% to Green New Deal initiatives you know, 66% to euthanasia efforts, whatever. Um, and with this in mind, I wanted to allocate my patron dollars for demo listen. So from now on, I don't want to know that my money went to new mics or a computer. I want to know that Gray is only using my money to buy pistol cartridges, and Nate's portion is strictly for donuts to be eaten loudly as punctuation marks after Gray's rants about hardcore dads and tourists. And if you have a fucking problem with that, Let's be honest, I'm not going to do anything about it, and you can still have my money, because I don't really know either one of you, but I love you, and I want you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, so that was, uh, that was Will Neal. Um, has called in several times before, and I always genuinely enjoy hearing from him. I think he's on to something about uh, being able to allocate where one's federal tax money goes to. That's not that's not a bad idea. Yeah, no, I, I've heard people talk about that before. Because um, oh. people are like, well, I don't want my tax dollars going towards funding for, you know, who, what the fuck do I give a shit about keeping the Great Lakes water clean? I don't want my tax dollars <laughs> going to that. You hear a lot of that shit. 
uh, in conservation, right? Right. Like, dude, the fucking, the GLRI grant is like $22 million total for all its allocations. That's like less than a, than a molecule of water in the fucking bucket of funding federally. You know what I mean? Piss off. Um, and, 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 and to be able to talk about why tax dollars pay for this, fuck you, dude, a percentage of a fucking dollar bill went to that annually. So, right, right, um, right. you know, lick the hole. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Like no one gives a shit. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it would be cool, but man, that's requires me to pay too much attention to my fucking taxes too. That's true, but if I could, if I could, as Will suggested, uh, you know, s- submit sixty-six percent of my tax dollars to euthanasia efforts, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, we're not going to get into a serious discussion of a la carte tax al- al- uh, distribution, but um, you know, it has its pluses and its minuses. Certainly, um, yes. And uh, yeah, we uh, we try to we, we spend our Patreon uh, dollars uh, responsibly. Um, mm-hmm. I certainly haven't gotten a new bike or a video game. Nope. Um, I did. Uh, I did throw a pizza party for my family. Um, <laughs> it was a. Uh, it was a birthday party for myself last December, <laughs> and um, we had. I don't know. I don't think I bought like twenty-two larges. <laughs> we had a bunch of people over. We had like fifteen people over. Everybody got a large pizza, and then we had some for breakfast and lunch the next day. Yeah, did that? That, that happened, huh? That happened. I don't recall that. That was the last time I went home before uh, the end of the world started happening. Ah, uh, okay. And you used the Patreon money for that? I did. Fair enough. <laughs> well, it's going to a good cause then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay, well, we'll, uh, we'll submit your uh, your 5 or $10 a month to uh, pistol cartridges and donuts. Yo, That's for it. real. Thanks for the donuts, homie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I got two boxes of forty cal next to the bed already, but I could always use more. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's listen to what we got next. Hey, what's up, Nate? Gray. This is Michael Thomas from Canada calling. Uh, not looking for this message to be played on the air. Just wanted to uh, drop a very light suggestion. <laughs> um. I was wondering if you guys might be interested in uh, starting a Discord server. I don't want to say rather than the Facebook group, but uh, the main reason for asking this question is for people that possibly don't want to use Facebook, Discord is a pretty good alternative. It's definitely self-contained and doesn't have any of the baggage that comes with Facebook. Uh, so there is a lot more freedom, I think, within Discord. But anyways, I, I always hear you mention the Facebook group, and uh, I'm definitely not going to go on there and look at it. Not because I don't like them or listen, but because I'm not going to use Facebook um, at this point in my life. And I thought, hey, maybe there's some other people like that. Um, and uh, an alternative would be Discord. Anyways, still love the show and still hope that you guys have a healthy serving of heart for dinner. Okay, bye. (laughs) 
uh, all right. So that was uh, G. Michael Thomas. He's called into the show several times, our Canadian homie. Um, I know he said uh, that he didn't necessarily want it to be played on the show or wasn't looking to have it played on the show, but I'm going to go ahead and include it just because this is actually a, a consideration um, that I had that I had thought about previously is, is getting a Discord server started. Um, I, I'm going to be frank with you. I don't even know what that is. So, so we, Discord, I know we use it to play D&D. Right. Yes. Right. It's it's basically just like a messenger a messenger app um, that is self contained. I mean, it's it's not dissimilar to any other number of chat based apps that have predated it in the last twenty or twenty five years, like fucking AOL or MSM Messenger or anything like that. Um, but uh, Discord has like secure servers. I mean, it's it's a lot like uh, Telegram. There are other servers that like a lot of the time, um, like activists will use them too, just because it's it's uh, self contained, like encrypted data, so that you know the U.S. government can't just hack your texts or whatever. Um, so uh, yeah, a lot of people use Discord. Like there are servers and and group chats that uh, people will do for like for podcasts and shit. And I had considered doing it before because it, it had occurred to me that a lot of people are not on Facebook, obviously and might still want the opportunity to discuss uh, the show and uh, discuss punk and hardcore and stuff. So yeah, uh, I guess if there are enough people that would be interested in that, uh, I would definitely help facilitate it. So if you are, um, and you are on Facebook and would be interested in doing that too, you know, drop, drop a line in the Facebook group or message us or shoot us an email. If you are a listener of the show that's a grown-ass person and therefore doesn't use social media super actively, you know, hit us up at demolistenpodcast at gmail.com and let us know um, if you got a second. Because I, I would definitely, you know, help facilitate a Discord server if enough people were interested in doing it. Well, that's good because I wouldn't. Right. Yeah. Nor do you have, <laughs> nor, nor do you have the technical know-how to do so. <laughs> um, so, uh, all right. We got two more messages. Uh, let's, uh, let's, let's bang them out real quick. They're both from Joe Stevens. They are. Yeah. So let's just listen to them back to back. All right. What up? It's your boy, Joe Stevens. Hey, so I wanted to ask, what are your guys' top three um, and this isn't like a favorite record thing, but it's specific, you know, perfect summer day, early summer, mild humidity hasn't picked up, windows down, jamming record. Because, you know, I got like three that like I could just listen to any fucking time. And I probably don't even listen to some of it. I would never listen to some of the songs any other time. But that like specific instance is perfect. So I'm just curious if you all got that list. Uh, I'm not going to share mine. I have to sit here and ponder it too long. Waste your time. Also, dude, just started fishing again. Have me as a guest so we can go fish afterwards, Nate. That'd be fucking tight. All right? Have a great day. All right, so maybe we should address this, and then we can listen to the second one. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Okay. Um, okay, so that was uh, that was our homie Joe, Joe Stevens from Indy. He's called in before. Uh, as I've said before, one of my favorite people on the fucking planet. I love that kid. Um, Joe, I would love to have you as a guest on this oh, show. Oh, yeah, I think for sure. That would be a good fucking time. Uh, whether you want to come up and actually sit in and then uh, go fishing afterwards with Nate, you are, I'm sure, more than welcome to do that. I'm not going to speak for Nate, but it sounds like a good time. Yeah, and we could come down there maybe sometime. Yep, for sure. I'm I'm down for that once, 100%. You know, once we've got a, a nice like a better road set up. Yeah, for sure. And I'll uh and you know what? I'll I'll ride along, you know, on the fishing trip. I'll sit in the boat. Hey, sir, you can sir. watch us fish. Yeah, for sure. You there ain't can nothing vicariously wrong with that. watch us hook those fuckers and bring them in. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm way down for that. Having Joe as a guest would be fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so, so yeah, so t- I don't have a top three per se. I'm just going to say three that come to, come to my, to mind right off the dome. Um, so I'll say probably thin Lizzy jailbreak. Oh yeah. Okay. For sure. Right. That's a, that's a big one for me, like windows down. Um, I will also say probably Houses of the Holy, which in my opinion is the best Led Zeppelin record and has banger after banger. Uh, is definitely road trip. That's a road trip record for me. And um, then maybe I I, I want to go one of two ways. So I'll, I'll, it'll it'll be four because if I'm if I'm still going guitar based music, I was going to say Singles Going Steady by Buzzcocks. Um, which is technically not, I mean, it's a compilation of all their early singles, um, from 1979. Uh, I mean, it came out in 1979. Uh, but yeah, that's for me is, is big time windows down music, but also just cause I want to, I want to be equal opportunity here. I would say, um, reaching a new refutation of time and space by diggable planets. That's a big, like, as soon as it starts getting warm out. Yeah. Diggable planets in general, right? That's yeah. that's fucking summertime music. Yeah, big time. What about you? Um, I agree wholeheartedly with uh, Jailbreak. I mm-hmm. actually like the first Thin Lizzy record better. Um, for I don't. It's not a. It's not a top down fucking volume up record. But right. man, that first Thin Lizzy record is really fucking good. The, the guitar self titled one from seventy one. Yes, the guitar yeah, on good. that sounds like a warm summer day. Yeah. I, it, it is it is the like one of the nicest warmest guitar tones I, I think I've heard on a record, yeah. um, and the songs in that just make you feel good. For sure. um, a good one, uh, scream still screaming. Oh yeah, um, for sure. That's fucking summertime music. Uh, American Justice uh, is such a good fucking track. Mm-hmm. Um, came without a warning. Open it up with that. That's a good one. Yep. Um, let's see what else. Anything more recent? Like you know, we could, we could talk about classic records. Um, um, pretty much anything public enemy. Yeah, that's true. For you sure. know what I mean? Eighties yeah. and early nineties public enemy. Uh, I'm into, um, anthrax persistence of oh, time. Yeah, man. That's a good call. Anthrax persistence thing. of time is, um, I'm not saying it's summertime music, but that is definitely fucking volume up windows down. Um, you know, the riffs on that record and just basically every song on that record. And it's a fucking goddamn shame that they never play any of those fucking songs live except for the fucking cover. Right. Yeah, I know. Right. It, yeah, it's a bummer because it's their best fucking record. They never fucking play any of those songs live. Um, and I don't want to talk about Grandpa Rock, um, <laughs> you know, like, you know, Grandpa's Rock. Yeah, we you know we talk about Thin Lizzy, but Thin Lizzy's just fucking good. Um, Feel the darkness by Poison Idea. Oh, big time! Yep, um, for sure. Especially, especially like if I just have to pick like one track to fucking turn it up, it's either mm-hmm. gonna be Taken by Surprise or the title track Feel the Darkness. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Those are those are all good choices. As and well. I don't have a top three. I mean, nah. you know, I, I if I, if I were looking at my record collection, I'd probably pick three different ones. You know what I mean? But just off the 100%. top of my head. Yeah, for sure. Because I mean, even as I'm sitting here thinking about it, I'm thinking about other records that come to mind, like fucking Doolittle by Pixies. Is oh, for sure. Yeah, there, there are just there are so so many that comes come to mind. On the last episode, I was actually talking about it. I was talking about fucking you know Lifetime. Lifetime is definitely um, those first couple Lifetime records are are big time summer summertime windows down driving music for me. Um, Swizz. 
Swizz. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Yep. Yep. That's a good one for sure. Uh, so yeah, the list is truly infinite. Um, there are so, so many records that I have in, in my rotation. I will say though, that persistence of time, I feel like we listen to every time, song. every time we hit the fucking road. Yeah, exactly. We right. listen to, we listen to, we almost always end up listening to persistence of time. Um, we will listen to, uh, usually necroticism. Yeah, that's true. Um, and that oftentimes will then flow into heart work. Right. Um, and uh, Chaos AD. Yeah, that's true. We do listen to Chaos a lot of Chaos AD. is a fucking banger, man. That's yeah. that's uh, Sepultura's last fucking banger. Yep. Um, and it, I, I actually like Roots a lot, but it's but I get it. I like about four tracks off of Roots. Yeah, fair enough. So Fair enough. You know, and if you're gonna listen to KSAD, of course you gotta listen to fucking Arise and you gotta listen to fucking right. Beneath the Remains. And fucking yep. Beneath the Remains, are you kidding me? Right? Yeah. When Dead Embryonic Stems it was um, when Dead Embryonic Cells comes on, the volume's going up even higher. Yeah, for sure. Right. And then if you're gonna listen to that, I'm gonna put on fucking the incomplete by obituary. Right. Um I you know, and, and of course, you know, I'm gonna listen to half that record but I'm like, fuck it, I gotta listen to Slowly We Rot. Right. Um, you know, so it just goes it just goes fucking on and on and on. Yeah, well, dude, anytime I get, anytime I start with, with Carcass, and it does usually start with Necroticism, it, it always does follow that trajectory. I always end up, like, listening to, like, Left Hand Path by Entombed. Mm. There are, like, a, a certain, if I'm on a road trip and I go down that that path, right, there are just a few records that I have to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and those are all definitely included in that. Yep. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's listen to what Joe's Joe's follow up was that he left uh, almost well over fifty minutes later. So this thought came to him later, and he felt it was important enough to include. So let's let's listen to what he had to say. Okay. Okay, it's your boy Joe Stevens. I also forgot <clears throat> I wanted to touch on something with this episode that was really weird. That band, Afflictive Nature. Although that song was good, you guys sang it in high praise. Um, it was good. had a good sound. Everything about it was pretty much well done. Actually, the vocalist was really good. But being from Texas, doing that crossover style, and you said they covered a Merciful Fate song in their band camp, it's kind of weird because that last Iron Age thing they did, uh, the Saga demos, fucking, uh, like, exactly the same. Uh, I think it came out in 2011. So, I don't know, maybe that's long enough to where we can, like, copy bands, and I'm kind of, like, speaking off of, like, point of reference. It's, like, seems near, but I've lost track of time or whatever. But, I mean, dude, production, guitars, riffs, the, like, that breakdown part that was, like, kind of dark-sounding, the, like, weird sort of merciful fate, like, like that merciful fate tinge on, like, a you know, death or thrash metal vocal style, that, like, weird high-pitched squealing and shit. Yeah, I mean, just, like, cut copy. Kind of kind of was weird. Like, you guys sang high praises on it, but to me, that was kind of that was kind of a hack job, in my opinion. It was just too similar. Maybe they just all draw from the same influences, but, yeah, from Texas, dude, you got to know who fucking Iron Age is, right? I mean, like, in that type of music. Anyways, that's my thought of the day. Sorry for the double call, but... Um, I'd like for you to listen to Saga demos and tell me that that's not like a direct ripoff, and maybe it's not. Maybe I'm maybe I'm tripping, but to me it just like rang every single 
bill that the that release rings. So, anyways, have a great day. Okay, so that's the perfect reason why Joe should be a guest. Indeed, um, because I would have never pulled the fucking Saga demos by Iron Age out of my ass. Right. Never. Um, it's uh, from so, 2011, right? Yeah. It's, it's it's a cassette and it's a fucking flexi. Um, yeah, I would have never pulled that out of my ass. Right. And, and so I like I like Iron Age a whole lot. Um, and yeah, if you're from Texas and you're playing this style of music and you don't know who Iron Age is, uh, you are a pose dog of the highest order for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I mentioned that, that whole lineage of Texas, uh, thrash. I don't know if I name dropped Iron Age specifically on the last episode. I know I, I know I mentioned Power Trip just because they're a more broadly um, acknowledged contemporary reference point. Um, and Power Trip is definitely very much indebted to Iron Age as well. Um, so yeah, I don't think that you're wrong about that at all. Um, that said, I, it, it, it has been almost a decade. I don't know the age, you know, the median age of the kids in this band, if they're younger and they came up with a band like Iron Age being legendary, um, which in Texas they very much are, uh, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not super perturbed by them basically lifting directly from the book of Iron Age. It doesn't bug me too much. Um, you know, I mean, thrash, especially crossover thrash is like such a highly derivative genre anyway, in which it's very hard to do anything that's original and also not shitty because there are bands within the thrash subgenre that try to do original stuff. And then they just end up sounding like later revocation records, which nobody wants to fuck. Yeah, hear. it's just such a defined genre. Right. It's it's such like a rigid genre with so many just basic standards that you have to meet in order to be considered like a successful, you know, in order for me to consider your attempt at, at, at recreating the genre successful, there are certain marks that you just have to hit. Um, so I guess for me, being concerned about it being overly der- derivative just isn't even, I don't even really care because at this point, the best the best thing that you're going to do in 2020 is pull off playing some nuclear assault riffs that they wrote 30 years ago anyway you know right. what i'm saying it's, it's so like it's, new york right. hardcore right or exactly. any of these other really niche genres you know what i mean power violence right. not a lot of room to move in those right for sure um so so yeah that's my feelings about it i mean i don't think that you're incorrect in your assessment by any stretch of the imagination i'm just not uh i just don't particularly care really you know that's that's my feeling. Uh, there are plenty of bands that are doing stuff uh, that are doing crossover thrash that is more interesting than the afflictive nature stuff. I mean, like you know, foreseen comes to mind. Um, but uh, but all in all, I felt it was competent enough uh, for me to overlook anything that felt like it was overly familiar. Just because, again, I'm not looking to thrash to to innovate in 2020. So yeah, I agree. But but yes, as Nate pointed out, that's uh, you you just made your case for why you should be on the show for sure. Um, all right. So on that note, that's all we got for voicemails. Let's just do some housekeeping and wrap it up. Okay. This is a long episode anyway. Um, so I, I mentioned the email earlier in the show. I will mention it again. If you want to send in music, it's demo listen podcast at gmail.com. Submit your own band, submit your friend's band, submit your enemy's band. We don't care. Um, if you want to join the Patreon, you can head over to patreon.com slash demo listen podcast. And, uh, we do have, uh, one new patron, I believe. Okay. Uh, Dar- Darby Carroll. He plays in uh, one of the bands that we played on the episode last week, actually, um, Opioid Crisis. Okay. He uh, he became a $10 patron. So, Holy you know, shit. 
shout out to Darby and yo Darby you talked about you talked about kicking kicking drugs uh, in that song I know we've had some conversations and you've kind of posted on Facebook about being clean and shit yo anybody else out there that's trying to kick addiction look at that now Darby has 10 bucks to send to our Patreon instead of buying crack cocaine or anything, which is really nice. I'm not, I'm not sure um, if that's genuine or patronizing. No, that's, that's, that's genuine. That's cool. I mean, you got money to spend on other shit. That's cool. It's like, it's a great reason to stop smoking cigarettes, which yeah. we talked about in the last episode, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and as I expressed on the last episode, I, we, uh, Darby hit me up about, he actually he had some effusive praise for Demolition. He said it's one of his favorite podcasts, and he was really stoked. He 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 told me that it was actually one of his goals to have opioid crisis played on Demolition this year. Um, while I'm simultaneously flattered, I also am tempted to tell you to have you know maybe some loftier aspirations because that's a pretty low bar to set for yourself. Hey, you know what have- though? You know what though? It's it's every hurdle is a victory, right? This is true. Right. Um, but he, but he was very stoked that we played it on the podcast and I was stoked to talk to him about it. And it it makes me genuinely really happy. Um, when, when people get like actual honest joy out of something that we make, that's, that's one of the, that's one of the few things in life that really brings me honest, unbridled joy, free of cynicism is when something that I'm a part of makes someone else like genuinely happy. That's a very cool feeling. And I really appreciate it. Um, so yo, legit thank you for subscribing to the patreon and legit um kicking drugs is no small task i got i got a lot of homies who have struggled with that and successfully beaten it and it is legit cool to have extra money to spend on things you like and not be worrying about where your next fix is coming from i i know that from uh from personal experience with a lot of loved ones so yo congrats to darby on uh on turning your life around and uh you know if anybody else out there kicks your heroin or crack addiction or meth or whatever it is Feel free to send the extra ten bucks a month that you're, uh, you know, saving on on drugs uh, our way. We'll we'll really appreciate it. Um, and I think that's uh, that's the only new Patreon subscriber that we have this week. Okay. Um, but yeah, if you're interested in subscribing to the Patreon, it's Patreon.com/slash Demo Listen Podcast. Five bucks and up gets you access to all the Patreon content. Ten and up gets you free stuff. Um, we are working on a T-shirt design right now. We got some other stuff in the works. And uh, then last but not least, if you want to call and leave us a, leave us a message, it's 260-222-8341. Talk some shit, share your thoughts, whatever. We don't care. We, uh, we like hearing from people. And uh, on that note, I think we can wrap it up unless you have any closing thoughts. Not really. Um, maybe we'll get to fight you sooner or later. I certainly hope so. Hit the crossed. road and uh, fucking hit some fucking teeth. <laughs> Indeed. All right. So we will uh, we'll holler at you next time. Thanks for listening.